and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And we're going to be covering a game requested by one of our patrons, Todd, who's asked us to cover a Sega Master System game. It's been quite a long time. We're going to be looking at Black Belt, one of the early games for the system. But before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Oh, God. Well... It, you know, usually uh, there's a bit to it because, you know, I'm always jumping around playing this and that this time around. It, it's it's God, pretty damn singular. I've been playing the shit out of that power wash simulator. Uh, it, it's, it's the only thing I think I've played in quite a while now. Uh, just actually just a few minutes before getting on here. We have finished all levels. Everything is everything's looking nice, spick and span. Uh, it, it was an arduous task, but that I don't know. But apparently, they've got a Final Fantasy VII crossover coming out, so it's going to be something to look forward to. But no, but that is that has occupied the entirety of my my game playing time. And now, now that I have that done, I, I by the next episode, I'll be on I'll be on to other things that don't involve power washing. You know, sometimes I, I wonder if I actually died in the hospital because, like, <laughs> hearing things like Power Wash Simulator cross Final Fantasy VII, it's just, it's like, this can't even be the real world anymore. This is some bizarro fucking hell that I'm in, but, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I think I mentioned on our last real show, if not, it was on a bonus. I can't remember which one, but I did finally get a new system. I have an Xbox Series S that I mm. bought solely so that I could play Monster Hunter Rise, a game that I already had on the Switch. But I'm playing it now again with new people who uh, who have all switched over the Xbox. But I've I did grab a few other things. Unfortunately, most of them are also old games so, uh, from 360 library that I had before or uh, Lost Odyssey. Uh, I've rebought because I, I saw something that was going to be removed from the store soon. So I had to pick up Lost Odyssey and I've been playing that. But the, I did get um, oh. uh, whatever that the new Hi-Fi, whatever it's called. Uh, I did download yeah. that. Um, I feel like I should know the actual name of the game I'm talking about. Um, Hi-Fi Rush is a, a game everyone talked about that was like, oh man, this is this, you know, it looks like a cell shaded game. It looks kind of like um, uh, Jet Set Radio a little bit from just the images. So I was like, all right, this looks like it could mm -hmm. be my thing. So I, I did download it and I've played the first little bit. I, I've maybe played half an hour of it just because I ran out of time before this episode. But hey, I finally played a, a, a game made for the system that I, that I paid money for, not just ported for another system. But it, it, it's fun. I don't know if either of you guys have played that one. Yeah, that's that's kind of the game that I've been playing. I, I really didn't hear too much about it. I think it just kind of showed up after that Xbox uh, developer preview thing and uh, it, it looked neat and just kind of mm -hmm. downloaded it. And, and yeah, it's, it's got that, you know, it, it's not quite as weird as jet set radio, but it's got that energy to it. Uh, mm -hmm. it really just kind of reminds me of like a really good animated show that's on TV or something, yeah. you know, the humor's good. Uh, it's, it's got some nice music to it and, uh, it's doing this kind of rhythm based action where you're supposed to hit the enemies and, and beat with, with what the music is. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's pretty satisfying. Like it's actually got some licensed music in there as well. And so far from what I played, like it's it's pretty legit. I I've, I'm really surprised by it. Yeah, and I uh, I downloaded it. I I started playing. I I just got past the opening scene, um, and I realized I had I had shit to clean, so I, I put it to the side for now. But it'll be uh, that's probably going to be the first thing, first thing I pick up and. And give a go. The first non-washing game I've played in quite some time. 
what I like about it is it is it is kind of based in music, but it's not it's not a music game or necessarily even a rhythm mm-hmm. game. But if you are doing your actions in rhythm with the game and the music in the background, uh, you'll do extra damage, or it makes it so you can do like these combos a little easier. From what I've played so far, it's a lot like if you played Crypt of the ne- the Crypt of the Necrodancer or uh, Cadence of Hyrule, like the two games for the it's kind of a top down Zelda style game. But instead, it's like if you move to the action, it makes it work better. If you're not doing it, uh, you actually do worse. That this seems very similar, but not quite as as tight time wise. Um, but again, also is more of a, an open world-ish um, 3D action game. So either way, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more of that. Um, but, you know, I know that we normally don't talk about current gaming events because, you know, this is a podcast that's going to be out for people to find later and no one's going to care down the road that we have an opinion on a current thing. However, this is a retro gaming podcast. So this is a piece of retro gaming news that just happened today. This is going to record tonight. Or this is going to post tomorrow. So yesterday, uh, if you're listening to this now, uh, the, the Nintendo Direct happened that everyone was all excited about. And I normally get excited for Nintendo Directs, but at the same time, I don't ever expect too much. There's always one or two announcements that I'm always like, okay, that's kind of cool. And there were some of those this time that I was, that were kind of like announcements made for for me specifically. There's an Etrian Odyssey collection, for example. And I think I'm one of the three people on Earth who care about that, but I'm very excited. Uh, but what I think for this podcast is, is finally happened. I think we've all been guessing it for every Nintendo Direct, but officially now on the Switch, you can download Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games, which is fi- finally here. I was I was surprised that they finally j- dropped it. Like you know, it, it's one of those things. Like you knew it had to happen at some point, since like all the support for the the NES and Super NES and and even the sixty four for the most part's dried up at this point. Like they got to keep some old systems coming at some point, so they can try to say, well, this is more value added. And it it, it looked like they were just going to do the Game Boy. And uh, then the Game Boy Advance dropped, which is the one that I was actually excited about. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the the selection of games seems thin as hell for for I, those. I, two I can't wait. No, no, alone in the dark. Come on. I was you know gonna say like that. <laughs> out of everything, I was talking to Jeremy earlier. Like it's out of all these games, you know these these classics, you know that they're throwing out there, and then alone in the dark. Was it for the Game Boy Color? Yes. Or the Game Boy Advance, oh, <laughs> the regular Game Boy. Like, what the hell are you doing, Nintendo? Like, how do you how do you manage some of these things? Like, I, I just don't know what the hell they were thinking with that one. But yeah, I'm pretty excited for for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. I mean, games we've talked about. I think half this library is stuff that we've covered. So on the Game Boy itself, you've got Link's Awakening, <laughs> which we covered, Gargoyles Quest, which was one of our our early episodes, um, Wario Land Three, which we just talked about fairly recently. And, uh, and Metroid 2, I think we did. But if we didn't, we should have, because that's an excellent one. So that's already half the Game Boy lineup. And for the Game Boy Advance lineup, uh, I don't know if we've covered anything that's on there, but uh, it's the things you'd kind of expect. Like, I think the Game Boy lineup had some surprises, but the Nintendo, the, the Game Boy Advance lineup is all Nintendo properties for the most part. You've got Mario Kart and Super Mario Advance 4. Like, the things you'd expect there. Still, they mm-hmm. showed what's coming up uh, as, as a handful of games for each system. So on Game Boy Advance, we are going to get, it looks like, uh, Metroid Zero Mission, which is excellent. I mean, again, it, it was not available in anything else right now current at all. So it's great that that'll be available on the Switch. And that is one we've covered. So, uh, you know, we'll see what else comes out for those. I, I like when they release, you know, packets of games for their online systems, because sometimes they, they're games we should cover or did cover. And we can kind of tell everyone, hey, we covered this two months ago. You should check out our episode and, you know, find this game. So again, for Game Boy, about half of that that library we've already covered. Uh, <laughs> so I, I wonder what else is going to come out that we haven't covered, but we will see. But what we're going to cover now is a game that was recommended by Todd, one of our patrons. He wants us to talk about Black Belt for the Sega Master System.
as I mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron request, and Black Belt was recommended to us by Todd, so welcome to the show, Todd. What's going on, man? Not much. I've been playing a lot of Black Belt, a game I had never played before. Uh, I'm assuming this is one you had when you were younger. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, it's the late 80s, early 90s, um, I had a master system while everybody else had an NES. Um, there was one other kid at my school that had a master system, so naturally we became we became buddies. And I had the Ninja, and he had Black Belt. And if y'all are anything like me, I got one, maybe three games a year as a kid. So he and I swapped games back and forth, and that's... I loved Kung Fu, Double Dragon. If it was ninjas and karate and all that shit, I was into it. So uh, I picked it up, and just he and I played it to death. Yeah, I, I had thought from the get-go. I had never tried this one, um, as you're aware, the box art, at least on North American release. Uh, for most, Sega Masters and Games is not great, but that one specifically has some of the worst box art you'll ever see. <laughs> so I had never tried this. I, I didn't have a Masters to myself until way later. I got one, you know, when I was old enough to earn my own money and buy one, you know, when the Genesis was already on the way fading out, I found a Master System. But I, I didn't, I had to borrow one. I, I had two friends that had Master Systems, and I was so jealous because even though the Nintendo had, you know, games that are, are classics and everybody played, the Master System had a handful of games. I was like, I wish I had these, and I didn't, and so I'd have to go to their house and play them. But Black Belt was one that neither of those friends had, so I never had a chance to try it. And, and, I would have just with box art like that. You have to see what you're walking into, but I never got a chance to play this one. So I just assumed this was basically like Sega's answer to Kung Fu, but it's really not that at all. It's, it's not really well. It's, it's similar where you, every levels, you know, a thousand faceless dudes. Um, and they grab you like Kung Fu does and everything. Um, like I said, I was a big Kung Fu fan. I played at my local roller rink all the time. And, um, but what I did like about it is, the boss battles were kind of like a puzzle, like certain dudes, some of them won't even die unless you do a specific move to them. Um, other ones are one one guy, I think on level four, he'll, he's almost like impervious. Like you, there's a special technique you got to fight him with. Uh, there's only one way to beat certain bosses. And that's what, that's what kind of set it apart from, you know, just the blind Mr. X on Kung Fu and all that stuff. Well, my first playthrough, I, you know, I fought the like mini bosses that were in each level and I was like, well, this is the boss. And then the game kept going. I was like, man, this is like an even simpler version of Kung Fu. But then once I got the first boss, I was like, oh, wait, no, this is totally different. The screen's different. Your character's bigger. It, there is a little more thought, I think, to some of the bosses than the Kung Fu bosses. So I was like, OK, I've just been playing this game wrong. Let me go back and revisit, look at the manual, see what I can figure out. So I'm I'm. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to play through this, and I'm, I'm interested to see what Jeremy and Billy think. I, I can promise you they never played it before, since neither of them have very much Master System experience. Um, other than the fact that, you know, this was a kung fu game and this kind of fighting game, like Double Dragon sort of thing, things you're into, uh, were you aware at the time uh, uh, how it was, in, in Japan, it was really a Fist of the North Star game? Did you know that when you were younger, or did you find that out later? Or did you never know that until just now? Uh, no, I did not know that at all when I was younger. Um, I, I When I was doing research, trying to pine over what game mode to make y'all play i was just looking through old master system games and that's when i just for the just for the hell of it you know you some old you play you look up on wikipedia or something that's how i found out i was like oh it's based on fist of the north star i had no idea when i was a kid though i was just ninja kicking dudes and they were exploding and i thought that was rad 
Well, yeah, and, and but knowing I didn't get that, the reference. It, well, yeah, you're going to say now that I know that it makes a little more sense, and it also you know makes sense that some of the bosses have specific things you need to do to fight them to win. And um, I'm going to see what differences there were between the releases. I don't think there's too many. I saw, I saw one boss was different, but I'm not sure what else changed. So um, I, I'll mention that in the show as well. But I don't know if you knew that at the time. Um, is there anything else yeah. about this game specifically that you think is worth mentioning to make sure we don't miss it? Um, not necessarily. Um, there's a there's a couple. There's one little, it's like a, it's a cheat you can find. There's a, if, after you beat the last boss, you can, there's, I forget what you, I forget how to do it, but there's a, you can do a bonus boss rush at the end and fight all the bosses over again. Why you would want to do that? I don't know, but, um, that, and just the fact that like when I was a kid, I've played it and it, obviously you're a kid and you're not that great yet. So, but once I got to one of the actual boss bosses, I was, I was blown away by how big the characters were and, I just thought the graphics looked really great, especially for a, a junky old Master System game. So, um, but other than that, I don't really think if there's any major details that I can think of. Yeah, did you finish this when you were younger? I did. It took me forever, and actually, I, I couldn't. Uh, there's also a on the you know on the Master System, you got the pause and the reset on the actual console itself, <laughs> yes. which is a pain in the ass. But um, there's a trick on when the screen blips on the first level that you can hold the reset button and it'll give you infinite lives that's the only way i was able to beat it after i'd had it for a couple years i'd get to the fourth or fifth level and just could never could never get to the end but eventually i i did with the infinite life code so well it's not an easy game i'll tell you from playing it's not it's not super hard once you figure out what to do for each boss you could probably get through it but but especially having to know you had to play through it each time without infinite lives it, it would take a while to get through this one so i'm not I'm not too surprised you didn't finish it without that sort of thing, and I, I'm not sure if I necessarily will before we talk about this game, but I've, I've gotten far enough. I feel pretty confident that I can I can talk at length about what this game does and doesn't do compared to to, uh, to things like Kung Fu or, or Double Dragon. Um, yeah, it's it's a fairly simple simple game, you know, but uh, there's not too complicated. Uh, but like I said, the the kind of puzzle element to the boss fights was what I found most interesting, both as a kid and even now. Yeah, I definitely think that helps it stand out from, from again, the game you compare it, you would think to compare it the most to is like Kung Fu, and, and I think that helps it stand out from something like that. So um, we'll, we'll see what, what uh, Billy and Jeremy also think about it as we talk to them. But before I let you go, is there anything else you do on the internet you want to share with the listeners of Retrovaniacs? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, if anybody's interested, they can go to Spotify. Um, for many, many years, I was in a torn rock band called Dead Sun. That's like the sun in the sky, one word. Um, they can check out our album falling away on there. Um, I don't do it anymore currently. You know, I got a wife and kids and a job, but um, it's some legacy stuff. It's really good stuff. If you like hard rock, um, you know, drowning pool style music, it's a, uh, it's good stuff. Just go check it out and see what you think and uh, see what Jeremy and Billy like about beating the shit out of road warrior Hawk on level two. They'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sure they will. That's probably the first thing Billy's going to mention. So uh, we will find out what they think in a minute. But thank you so much, Todd, for bringing this on. And check out Dead Sun if you want to find out more about Todd's former band. Uh, available on Spotify. And I might even put some of that right after this. Right on. Back on me, trying not to drown inside. 
So I'm assuming, because when we had Sega Master Systems games in the past, that you know none of us really have a lot of experience with the system, but I, I have probably the most experience with the Sega Master System, and I still had never played Black Belt until this podcast. I'm assuming neither of you did as well. No. <laughs> uh, I, I had a Master System and a few games. I don't know where those games came from, because I never recall uh, seeing anything master system in the, in the stores, uh, my, my rental stores definitely, uh, didn't carry much of anything in, in that way. So no, this was, this is a new one for me. I, I didn't have a master system. And the only place I ever saw a master system was at the local Kmart. And I think that's the only place I ever saw the games, the system, uh, they didn't have it hooked up or anything, but you know, as someone that is mostly like only the Nintendo exists in my life, to see that other console, it, it was like, oh, that, you know, it seems like they got some pretty neat games over here. So yeah, I mean, I always kind of wanted to play it. I never got to play a Sega Master System as a kid though, or growing up, and uh, so yeah, I, I never saw this game at all. There was only a few Master System games I was even aware of growing up. Well, I had a very similar experience is that I, I had friends with the Master System, and so I played the few games they had. And then later, in I mean, after like the Master System was no longer current, so during, when the Genesis was already out, like well into the system, um, I had a friend in high school who had, you know, his parents and, and his, his older brothers had had a Sega Master System and all these games, but he was like, yeah, it's an old system, we didn't really play it. And so I would slowly like, why don't we try some of these Sega Master System games? Because I was, even back then, like, I'm way too nerdy for my own good. So we would try all the games he had, and he probably had maybe 25 to 30 games. It was a large supply of games at the time, but Black Belt was not one of them. And you'll recognize Black Belt. If you see the box for Black Belt, I make fun of Sega Master System art for, you know, as like the example of bad game art for at least the North American releases. They all have the plain white box with the black, you know, black lines, uh, a grid. And then there's always some little drawing. And sometimes, like for Alex Kidd, it was a little Alex Kidd character. Okay, that's not exciting, but at least what the game is. Same with Fantasy Zone. You know, some other games are, are little clips of what you'd see in the game. The black belt box for North America is literally just that big grid and then a poorly drawn foot kicking out of it. That is it. And <laughs> it just says black belt. It is some of the worst box art I've ever seen. And I've never played this, uh, not because of the box art, but they, I would never have bought this because of this box art as well. And because if you look at the back of the box and you've, you've played Nintendo, it's like, oh, look, Sega made their own version of Kung Fu. And mm. that's kind of what this is. I mean, it, it's not, but from first from first attempts, like if you first turn the game on and you have no, you know, don't read the manual, don't have any background in the game, it's very much like Kung Fu. You're walking from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. Enemies walk in from both sides. You have a punch button and a kick button, and you can push up to jump. So it's very much like Kung Fu on the NES from first glimpse. Um, and in fact, as you're going through the first level, after you fight, you know, 10 or 15 guys who explode uh, when you kill them, uh, and, and in one hit, like you punch them or kick them in one hit, they die and they explode. Uh, you get to what looks like, you know, kind of like the mini boss, like you'd fight at the end of every level of Kung Fu on Nintendo. It's a slightly different looking enemy with different weapons. Either they have a projectile weapon or like a staff that they spin around, but it's a harder fight. They take more hits. You have to make sure you're not getting hit too often. You do have a health bar, so you're not dying in one hit yourself, but still it's, it's a more challenging fight. And then the game just continues on that same level with a bunch more enemies till you find another sub boss. And I was like, well, this is literally just like a one level <laughs> of of what Kung Fu would have been on Nintendo, it's even less interesting. Because Kung Fu at least had, you know, different floors that you were going up and down on, and they had, you know, snakes and other things in the level that you'd have to dodge. This is literally just guys running at you, and you punch them over and over again until you get to these sub-bosses. Uh, 
after I played through the first full level, you get through four of those mini-bosses or whatever, and then you get to a different screen where they actually, like, it zooms in a little bit, and it's a more involved boss fight. It's not quite like a Street Fighter-level one-on-one fight, but it's more like that than the rest of this game. And that's when I was like, okay, there is more to this game than just being, like, a cheap rip-off of what Kung Fu would be. They're, they are trying to do more. So I did a little more research on this. Now, did both of you have kind of the same feeling when you played through this where you got to the boss and you're kind of like okay there, there's maybe more of this or did you not even get to the boss because you're like this is literally kung fu and i'm out no i i, I stuck around i you know um it i figured i would see it through to try to prove that it was not just like kung fu but that was uh for for the first several minutes uh yeah it, it looked like a very very blatant clone i'll tell you what kept me sticking around though was was the fucking enemies exploding yes <laughs> on the on impact uh it, it's not gory in any way whatsoever um it's it's about as comical as it gets they just they bust up into into pixels and and float off into the straight to hell i guess i don't know um but no I, I, early on that got me definitely and it's it's not a, a bad looking game that's there's actually some stages there's one in particular with this the cityscape in the background and fuck the, the master system gave it all it had um there, there's a lot of points for you know for presentation and even sound in this one which is kind of, you know kind of what you go by in the early going so i i stuck it out um despite yeah as you were saying i, I thought we had a kung fu clone on our hands here but no it it, it does a little bit to differentiate itself and yeah the boss fights aren't yeah, like I said, they're not exactly in like Street Fighter fights, but they definitely, um, well, one, they can definitely be a little frustrating. And two, they they seem to have a good bit of strategy. I, I don't think all your attacks hurt every boss. I think I think some of them only react to certain ones. Yes. Or some of them are only vulnerable at certain times, which I uh was, you know, initially frustrating for you know, for a game where you just it's condition you just punch the shit out of everything you actually have to slow down a minute but no i i even found that added you know an extra little layer to it at first when i was when i first started i was like yeah this is just a kung kung fu clone i mean there's really not much to it but like i made it uh like uh three bosses deep and mm -hmm. through the uh most of the fourth level and i just the things were kind of looking weird. I mean, not only like they're just kind of exploding, which I just marked that up to video game stuff, but mm -hmm. like there was, you know, some of the levels looked weird and you like that cityscape you were talking about, like it looked, I, I don't know. It looked like it was from a different game. There's a lot of this mm -hmm. stuff that looks mm -hmm. like it's from a different game and turns out it is from a different game. <laughs> the, the original uh, game over in Japan is actually a, a fist of the North star game. Yes. And they have completely reskinned it over here for us and called it black belt. So a lot of the things that, that happen, um, I don't know about you guys, but I watched a lot of fist of the North star mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. it, you know, if I could find the movies, I would rent them instantly. Um, because, you know, he'd punch somebody, they'd explode, which is what you're getting here with the guys. That's why they explode when you hit them. Uh, the bosses, whenever you land like the last hit, he'll do like a, a kind of like a combo that's that's sort of like from Fist of the North Star. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's there, but it's under this very generic skin now uh, that just kind of looks like you're going through there with Karate Kid or something. Yes, it, it, you, you stole that from me before I got to it, but that's good because you mm. were able to do it much more organically than I was going to. But yes, this was a Fist of the North Star game. They basically uh, changed all the backgrounds, 
and some of the graphics for the bosses and and you know anything that would directly tie it to Fist of the North Star, but it's it plays the same. If you watch a playthrough of the original Japanese version of of this game, Fist of the North Star, uh, it it does still look the same, but you'll notice from the get-go, like, the backgrounds are all way different, and and some of the boss, like, the third boss specifically is a much, much larger enemy, like, half the size of the screen, like, not not what we got. We got a big fat guy, but he's still basically the same size as you. They, they The boss on the third level of this, of the original game was way larger. So, uh, yeah, this is just a reskinned version of a Fist of the North Star game, or I guess an un- uh, unlicensed copy of, of, of the game, but it was published and developed by Sega and released in 1986. Uh, so it's one of the early uh, Master System games for this market. Uh, it's one of the first games, uh, one of the earliest games to be programmed by Yuji Naka, who would go on to be like the Sonic the Hedgehog programmer and then designer of the later Sonic Hedgehog games and then uh, kind of infamous for making uh, Balan Wonderworld, which is apparently the worst game ever made, although I've not tried it. So it's one of those games I probably should try, but it ha- everyone has nothing good to say about it, much like uh, Mighty Number no. 9. So, uh, th- yeah, that was another interesting thing about this. Is it was an early Yuji Naka programmed game. But, yeah, it, it is... As we mentioned, as you go through these levels, um, you have a punch and a kick button. You do have a health bar at the top of the screen. You have, I think, three lives... Yes, you have three lives to start the game with, um, and then basically uh, in a time limit. So you have 99 seconds or whatever, 99 time units to get through the level. But unless, I can't imagine not finishing in time. Like, I didn't have any problem with that time, but I guess it's there so if you're, I don't know, concerned about score, you can't just stand still and punch guys as they run on the screen. Um, As you run across the level, there are mini-bosses in every level, and they're all a little bit different. It's not like you fight the same guy each time. There's different weapons. There's a guy that throws knives early on. There's a guy with, like, a staff. Uh, There's just, you know, a different kinds of fighters than you'll see of the general guys that run across the screen at you and do nothing else. Um, and when you get to the boss, the game does change up. As Billy kind of mentioned, there are each boss is different. They look different. They have different names, but they also uh, have their own different attacks and can only be affected by certain attacks of yours. The first boss can be affected by all your attacks, but he's much more um, weakened by like the jump kick than any other attack you have. So while you have your own life bar, that boss also has his life bar, and there are no healing items when you're in a boss fight. There are in the levels. You can find some, but in the boss fight, you know, you get to him, you have a full health bar, and you have your number of lives to try to f- defeat this boss. Uh, but every time you die, his life also goes up to full. So it's a, you know, a fresh start each time you die, uh, and hopefully you get through that. Once you beat that boss, you go back to another side-scrolling level. Um, it is it is pretty short. I think you can get through this game in 20, 25 minutes. There are only six levels uh, and up to the final boss where you, you fight the evil Wang, who's your arch nemesis to save your girlfriend. That's the U.S. story of this game. Is you're, you're Ricky trying to save your girlfriend who was kidnapped by your arch nemesis Wang, uh, who learned the same fighting you did. But it's, yeah, it's six levels, same kind of cadence through every level. You go through a bunch of a bunch of nameless guys that explode. You get these mini bosses that take a little harder to fight, and then you get up to a main boss at the end. Um, the only power up you get in the game is food items. They will fly across the top of the screen. Um, it, you know, you can hit up to jump normally, and it's a pretty pretty good jump, but you won't ever actually reach those pieces of, of food, uh, sushi and whatnot that fly across the top of the screen. You have to actually hit down and then up again really fast, and then your character will jump really high into the air and grab those food items. It does give you a huge chunk of your health back, so it's almost always worth grabbing the food. But the other thing that flies across the screen is like a little kanji symbol, I think. Um, it's, it's definitely some kind of Japanese symbol. And you go up and grab it, and it will make your character immune to 10 hits. It changes the music slightly. I don't think it makes you glow or anything. It just kind of the music changes and you can tell like oh if I'm getting punched I'm not taking any damage he can take 10 hits Ricky will take 10 hits uh, or until you get to a boss if you get to a boss you lose that ability immediately and you are back to being a normal uh, normal Ricky for the boss fight so you don't get to keep those and and have like a, a leg up on those bosses 
just this uh, the the first parts of the stage, the kung fu parts are fine. Like I I do not mind them at all. It, it plays fine. It's the controls are good. Uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of pressing up to jump in games like this, but it works well enough. Uh, it's it's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Then I got to the bosses. These bosses suck. Like it's <laughs> I don't know if you guys had the same problems that I did, but they they don't. It's kind of like Billy mentioned. They don't seem to react to certain hits. Yes. Like you can hit them, but they don't seem to actually take any damage. Uh, they will beat the shit out of you though. And you just kind of have to find ways to almost cheese them. And I, I finally got the first boss, thanks to a save state. Got to the second boss, and I was like, fuck this. So I went online and actually looked at a playthrough to see how people were doing it. And that seems to be like what they were doing was like doing just certain hits. And, and they would, you know, they would always be vulnerable to those hits. So I, I can't tell if that's just the way the game was made or if these were just if that's just what you got to do, I don't know. It's such a, a weird thing, but it's the worst fighting game you've ever played. Well, I think, again, it's very much like Kung Fu. I mean, Kung Fu had bosses that I thought were very difficult. They didn't have the same issue where they were only immune to certain hits, or only, only good to be hit by certain hits, but you did have to hit them in certain ways and dodge or attack certain ways, and they were very difficult. Like, you'd have to really learn those bosses, not as much as you'd need to in a game, you know, a current game of this kind of, of thing, but still, for the time... You have to get all the way through these levels, get to the boss, beat these bosses in order to try, and there's no continues in this game. If you lose your lives, that's it. Go back to the very beginning. And again, it's not a very long game, but still, if you have to play 15 minutes to try this sixth boss, or fifth boss even, uh, and die, and have to go back through five levels again and do, you know, without save states the way the game was intended to be played, that's very frustrating. And it, and it would take a long time. I did not beat this game because I was determined to play it, quote, you know, the original way. Um, but I did get through enough bosses, and, and I did watch the rest of the game to see, like, is there anything drastic that happens? Is there, like, a motor cycle level or anything and the answer is no um it's more of the same through every level but for the for the to the length of this game i don't mind that i don't mind a game that is fairly repetitive as long as it's something that you're supposed to beat in 15 20 minutes half an hour that's that's okay with me and and again i had the patience as a kid to where, where i would have played this if i would have had this game especially because i would only have two or three games uh, to actually play on a master system at most people's house at, at most of the time. I would have spent the time to learn this, because I do think it has a little more depth because of those bosses than a game like Kung Fu did. Um, and I would never have known the North Star reference at the time at all. I mean, it wasn't something I watched as a kid. I know it now, but it was one of those things that when when it was mentioned, it was like, oh, I hope we get that game here, but we probably won't. It turns out we did get those games. They just all reskinned. Yeah, and and I, this game it's 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 fine. It, it's it's okay. Yeah, I, I, as we were talking about the the levels themselves are are, are decent. Um, they are, like I said early on, nice to look at. Yes, they do. You know, look out of place for the action that's going on. Uh, but you know, there's 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 reasons for that. Um, yeah, the boss fights leave a little bit to be desired. Like Jeremy said, uh, even if it's the way it has to be it does feel like you you're absolutely cheesing every single boss fight um you 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 can't just go in there swinging which you know is is kind of kind of what the game tells you to do otherwise um you know you can take that as it's it's nice to have a little strategic element to it which i don't mind in a boss fight uh, like jeremy p pointed out in kung fu you did have to look out for certain attacks and there were certain times that were better to try to try and land a certain attack on the boss um this one it 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 is dialed up a little bit 
and you will drop some lives to bosses right quick and there's no continues so because that's always good that that's that's always a fucking crowd pleaser there um I I have no uh, no fault in uh, no shame rather in admitting that every time a boss fight popped up there was there was maybe a little save state saved right there um, that I would have to go back to from time to time not a long game and yeah I went to see several other people play through it and they, they were doing the same thing on these bosses so uh, it's weird and the 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 up to jump yeah that's never good the holding down and then up high jump even fucking worse uh but but nothing damning about this game it, it's decent enough if i had it on the master system lord knows i wanted something to play besides alex kid and fucking rambo i would have tossed it in i would have at least played through it i don't i don't know if this is one i would have played through several times over um but no for for something that i thought was just gonna be a clone of another game it does share elements um, and, but then again, I, it's, you know, Kung Fu itself is a pretty, pretty generic, you know, left to right punch, kick, knock down enemies. Um, it's easy to say something plays really similar to it. Um, but no, it had enough little things to kind of, kind of make it something. And I, damn it. I liked watching the enemies explode. And that was about it. That's what drew me in. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what kept me around. Not, not a bad game. No, I think the controls were tight enough. I didn't have any problems where I was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, up to jump can be very bad. Uh, there, are, there are many games mm-hmm. to do that, and it makes it almost unplayable. This did not have that problem. The down up to jump to grab items, um, I, I got used to it. I still think that's goofy, but it worked, because I think yeah. otherwise, if you jump that high for every jump kick, that's useless. So it was, yeah. you know, it took me a little bit, and then those those items do come by fast, especially if you're not, like, they come by the same times every level, so if you know they're coming, great, you're prepared. But otherwise, if you're in the middle of fighting a couple of guys, and then you see a piece of food run across the top of the screen, you... You know, you have to remember then real quick in the middle of this fight, try to push down and up without getting hit uh, or else it will you know throw you off and you won't get your food anyway and take more damage. But uh, generally, oh, yeah, it's it's simple enough and it works. I mean, again, a lot of these these early Sega Master System or even the early Nintendo games, it, you know, they kind of do what they they're they're one thing for the, the game that now we'd consider way too simplistic. But at the time, again, comparing it to what would have been on the Atari or the Intellivision or anything, or ColecoVision, you know, these are still pretty advanced games compared to those things. So they were still figuring out how to make uh, make 8-bit games be a little more involved, like like what they would come, you know, even a year later. Um, so that this, you know, it's not bad. I, I am, uh, I'm glad that Todd recommended this is something I wouldn't have tried. Oh, I do have one more thing uh, that I totally forgot about. Did either, uh, first, did either of you actually beat this game safe states or not? No, I got to the uh, the fourth fourth boss of the game, and that was it. Yeah, and that's that is precisely. I think I was on chapter. Um, hold on, which one is the fucking the god damn it chapter five? Chapter five. I w- I was on the one with the the city. Um, okay, which I think I think I had what was I, I was close though, wasn't I? Yeah, there's only six chapters in the game itself at the end of the sixth chapter you'll fight wang and then it gives you a little ending and then it goes to a black screen that that shows you you know some some you know congratulations or whatever but there is a secret hidden level in this game and i don't know how oh, ever would have known this as a kid because it's not in the manual i looked at the manual to see and, it, and again i there wasn't like a a Nintendo power for the Sega Master System that i remember i mean there, there may have been something and i'm sure it was in like general gaming magazines but 
I don't remember seeing anything on Black Belt on anything I ever read. So anyway, at the end of the sixth, at the end of the sixth level, after you beat Wang, and it goes to that screen, and it's telling you you've done, you know, before it, it, you know, sits there forever, and then eventually goes to a red screen. If you hold down both the one and two buttons, so the attack buttons at the same time, and keep tapping the up button over and over again, eventually another level will start. Chapter seven is just a boss mm. rush. It's all the previous bosses, including <laughs> fighting Wang at the end. And, uh, and if you can do that, it will then just congratulate you again and give you like a score summary. So it's, I mean, it's cool that it's there. I don't know how anyone would ever have figured that out. I'm glad it wasn't forced to be in the game because boss rushes stink. But in this kind of game specifically, I would have been, if I would have ever gotten through this game and beaten Wang and then it was like, now beat all the bosses again, knowing that that was like the most difficult part of the game, that would have maybe been a game breaker. Maybe, maybe have been when I would have quit forever. A lot of times hidden, hidden levels and... And little things like that, it's it's a treat. It's like a reward. Holy shit. No. No, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean you're you're taking the the worst parts from the game and condensing it <laughs> condensing it down into one level. Um no, I, I I don't know how you would know that. Um and I don't know why you would do it. Um that's that's nice of them, I guess. And I, I'm sure there are people that that, that whip through that. Um, but those those bosses were were the only thing really in this game that you know, kind of had me ready to wrap it up. So I, I you have my respect, um, not my admiration or anything like that. You have my respect if you if you made it through that. I think we we overall have good feelings about this one. So uh, yeah, let let's not ruin it with a boss rush. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think again, it's it's. Do I recommend rushing out to find this and buy a master system? Probably not. But if you have a master system and you're looking for something that you may not have tried, uh, again, in the same way that I have kind of like a soft spot in my heart for playing those early Nintendo games that may not be as involved as like a Zelda 2, but, you know, I'll play some Clue Clue in. I think they're neat. I, I think this fits the same kind of, of spot for me. You know, it's a very simple, kind of very arcade based game, uh, but one definitely worth checking out. So thank you again, Todd. Uh, we will we will give... Uh, Thank you for letting us revisit the Master System for maybe the second time on our main feed ever. That's our thoughts on Black Belt for the Sega Master System, uh, a game we hadn't tried, but again, thank you, Todd, for recommending it. And if, just like Todd, you want us to cover a game that you have near and dear to your heart we may not have tried, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. It's always linked in the description of the podcast, but you can also find it at Retrovania.net, where you can find not just a link to that Patreon, but also our Twitter page, as long as we still have one, and our Instagram, and everything else we do. Uh, but at the very bottom of Retrovania.net, there is a question form, and there is just, it's literally, fill in some blanks, gives us a question, and we'll read it on the air like we're going to do right now. That's right. Yeah, go to the, go to that site and, and check it out. It's uh, home to the most broken podcast uh, known to man. Uh, not only did I almost die a few months ago, but Billy has lately uh, <laughs> broken his own damn self. Yes. So if I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm, you're I'm, okay over there. I, I, I'm a, I'm a finger down, but you know what? I, I've got more of them. I have right. plenty more. Pl you can still finger. Yes, uh, this yeah, but this podcast, man, it's it's bad. We got hospital stays. We've got a uh, we got uh, we got emergency surgeries. We've got throwing our shoulder out from pulling our socks up too too high. We've got it all. Yeah, 
that's that's just how we roll around here and that's why people want to know these uh, important questions want to know the, the answers <laughs> from us and the first one comes from ben and he writes in to say question do you exemplify the live moss mentality uh I, I don't know quite what that means uh <laughs> If it means like live life to the fullest, uh, I'm gonna say no. I don't live. <laughs> I don't live by that mantra at all. I should. I should. But I spend most of my time in my basement replaying video games from 25 plus years ago. So I don't know if that counts as living moss or not. But I'm enjoying it. The definition is live more. Yeah. Clearly no. Nope. Clearly not living. No. More. None. None of us do that at <laughs> no, all. No. Uh, no. I, I. Yeah. That's that's not a thing I'm interested in. <laughs> I, I I feel like I feel like I live enough. Live just enough. That's that's the retrovaniac slogan. I don't want more. Just this is enough. I'm not greedy. I I, I was out of here, and y'all assholes brought me back. Yeah, you decided. Here I am. You decided. You decided to live moss. I I didn't decide anything. <laughs> oh, now I got to answer these questions again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next question comes in from uh, Life of Regrets, which is mm. what we've got going here on. All right, here a we dark go. episode tonight. <laughs> this is more our speed right here. <laughs> He's writing in about missing old stuff. I'm 45 years old and recently discovered podcasts better late than never. I found and began listening to yours on Spotify, and it was the second rec- retro gaming podcast I'd tried. By the way, thank you for not being annoying, hyperactive hosts who drop 80 F-bombs per hour like on the other retro gaming podcasts. Not that I necessarily have a problem with cursing, but listening to your show is far less annoying than that one. I'll take it. That is, the, that is a I great think, compliment. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm still working through your episodes, but I have a question similar to the one you addressed on episode 100, though slightly different. Hope you mm-hmm. haven't addressed it in an episode I haven't played yet. A pre- preface to my question. I purchased a TurboGrafx-16 around 1990 because my friend already had a Genesis, so I had to have something different. I received the TG-16 CD attachment a few Christmases oh, later hmm. and accumulated three CD games and 12 or 13 Hue cards total. Did I pronounce that right? Is yes. it Hue cards? Well, who, you were right. Hue cards. Either way, I know what you meant. All right, good you know. In the meantime, my friend received... In the meantime, my friend received the Sega CD and accumulated more Genesis games. Ultimately, I traded all of my TG-16 Plus CD games away Ooh. to my friend for all of his Genesis Plus no. CD games. Afterwards, I missed playing those games like Bonk's Adventure, Blazing Lasers, Ninja Spirit, and Splatterhouse so much that I quickly came to regret that trade. Years later, in early 2000s, I recollected a Turbo Duo, TurboGrafx-16 with nice. a built-in CD unit, Turbo Express, an import adapter, arcade card memory upcade, upgrade, and about 30 games, both domestic and imports. Around 2004 to 2005, I sold the entire collection for $450 so I could buy a PS2 and GameCube. Oh. If I still had either of those collections, my first or second, they would be worth hundreds of dollars, upwards to around 1000 Probably more than that, buddy. Yeah, definitely. What is, <clears throat> on, let me see. But anyway, what is the gaming deal you most regret? I'm mainly referring to trades with friends or businesses, but sales or purchases can be included as well. P.S. 
Royal Farms Chicken has been mentioned on your podcast a few times. Contrary to what Justin Tucker tells us, Royal Farms Chicken is not world famous. The wife and I <laughs> live near Baltimore, and those ads make our eyes roll every time. Okay, Damn. well, I also live near Baltimore. Damn. And I'm telling you, maybe it's not world famous because it doesn't exist across the world, but Royal Farms Chicken is still my favorite fried chicken. And in fact, they've added a spicy chicken option, like spicy chicken Ooh. strips, and they are honestly hot. Like, they're good. They are wonderful. So if you're saying that you don't like Royal Farms Chicken, then I'm telling you, you've, you've had some bad chicken. You need to try it again because it's still the best. Is it world famous? No. I went over to India once. They've never heard of it, but they should because it's incredible. And also, I've never been to India. All that is made up. My biggest... Um, my biggest gaming like regret for trades, and I think I've talked about this before, um, I traded my copy of, on the Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy II. So, you know, Final Fantasy IV or whatever. But Final Fantasy II, my Super Nintendo copy, which was well-played and one of my favorite games, uh, to a kid that I went to school with who I barely knew because he had a Nintendo game that I had never played before, and I had to have it. I was like, oh man, I've never played this. I need to make sure that I've, uh, I've, I've played every Nintendo game that I could. I traded my copy of Final Fantasy II for a, a copy of the game Adventures of Rad Gravity for the Nintendo, which is a terrible like sci-fi space exploration shooter. It is not good. Uh, it's got the worst music you've ever heard on a Nintendo game. And I went to go get Final Fantasy II back from this kid, and he said he lost it. Literally Dang the next it. day, he lost it, and I never got it back. I still have a copy of Rad Gravity, unfortunately. Um, and now I can play Final Fantasy II, thankfully, many other ways. But the point is that was like like a game that if I had it originally on cart and with the box and everything, would be worth tons of money, where Rad Gravity is worth 14 cents. Um, the other trade I made, which was not to a friend, but I sold my collection of Sega CD games um, back before eBay or anything was something I knew about. I just was in desperate need of money in my early 20s. And I sold all my Sega CD games for $45, and I thought, man, I made a great deal on that, um, including a copy of Snatcher in the box with the manual, uh, which on its own is worth several hundred dollars. So yeah, I, I have similar regrets as what you do for your Graphics games, because I sold the Sega CD games uh, for nothing, for literal pennies for what they should be worth. Damn, that's, uh, I wish I wish I'd do, I would have suckered you out of those Sega CD games. I, you know what? Honestly, at the time, I was uh, I was in a pretty bad spot. I would have <laughs> I would have sold you my house for a uh, hundred bucks <laughs> if you'd have asked. Well, I just so. <laughs> say, just like a CD games. I I don't I don't have any big uh, like any any sales anything. I sold a, a bunch of stuff, you know, and felt like I got ripped off from it. Uh, I, I have no, no I have no input on the whole chicken thing. Um, I'm I'm not familiar with it. So at least in my part of the world, it's not famous. But that's you know. Um, that's you, you feel very strongly about this. I don't want to, I don't want this to be the wedge that drives everybody apart. I won't say any more, anything more about this chicken. Uh, but no, no, no traumatic, uh, selling off of things for super cheap, anything like that. Uh, just maybe some, some, you know, just plain old shitty childhood trades. Uh, one that has always, always, uh, stuck out, uh, to me was a wrestling game trade. I, uh, if, if you know anything about wrestling games, you'll know how one-sided uh, it was when I, I lent a copy of WrestleMania 2000 to, to a friend of mine who, uh, you know, who, who, who happened to uh, have Power Move Pro Wrestling on the PlayStation, which was a wrestling game I had not played at that point in time. And, and, and it was that fact that one got by me 
And let me tell you, I gave that guy a fucking big juicy steak. And he gave me a shriveled up fucking steak. Uh, it, it, it's, it's rough. Power move pro wrestling. I, I was, was an early, early uh, 3D wrestling game. It's, it's rough as hell. Uh, it, does, it has a few cool things. It has a lot of ideas you can see they later used uh, for, for games like WrestleMania 2000. Uh, but no, WrestleMania 2000 was a game that was heavy in rotation. Uh, we made that trade. I I did get it back. It took forever, though. And and by then, I had already picked up another copy. Uh, so I, I do have two copies of it now. And I'm going to keep it just in case. Um, another one, I, I got burned. I, I traded uh, Crash Bandicoot on PS1. And in return, I got NBA Jam. Uh, that, that weird one. On on PlayStation, the one where it's 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 like you're you're playing in the abyss. It's the court, it's the players. I don't think there's a crowd. Uh, it's it's slow, it's buggy, uh, it, it's not fun at all. Whereas Crash Bandicoot at least was. Um, you know, it, he did go on to have a, a shitty racing game that was a clone of a far superior track racer. But anyway, yeah, that those were just really the. Two only ones. I was really stingy with games. I didn't lend stuff out easy, even to people I knew really well. Uh, and and the two times I did, I, I I got burned. I haven't done too many bad trades, but the one that that I'll always remember, and I I think I've talked about this before too, uh, was my 3DO system. Like I had oh, yeah. that system and several games for it, like Super Street Fighter and Road Rash and need for speed mm -hmm. like all the like pretty good uh, 3do games that were out and i sold it or traded it at some mom and pop store in, in a strip mall over by target for just a, a few launch playstation games i think i got ridge racer jumping flash and something else like not even 200 dollars worth of games back then and handed this guy an entire 3DO oh. with tons of games, extra controllers, all that stuff, just right over to him. And I, that one makes me sick to my stomach at, to this day. Like, not too long ago, I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and they've got a, a store there in the mall. It's actually pretty cool. And they had an entire 3DO set, basically what I gave to that guy mm. back then for not even 200 bucks. They've got it there for well over a thousand bucks with maybe a couple more things than I had. And mm. I was just staring at it like, my God, what did I do? <laughs> Why did I do this? Jumping Flash was good, but it wasn't fucking worth a 3DO. But yeah, that's that's just how it goes sometimes. You want what you want when you want it, and then you regret what you traded later. But uh, yeah, thanks for writing in. Life of regrets. Yeah, this is <laughs> nothing but regrets uh, on on a lot of this stuff here. Next question comes in from uh, Luis Guzman, and he wants to know about gaming with Grandpa. I'll never forget staying over at Papa's. My mom wouldn't... I can't see. I need to take my glasses off. Okay, let's try this again. I'll never forget staying over at Papa's. My mom would leave me, leave me there most of the weekends and often the majority of the summer. 
Grandma had died when I was very young, and as for my dad, well, I never actually met him. Basically, Grandpa was my surrogate father. Anyway, being old, 75 when I was 9, we didn't have a lot in common. He liked Lawrence Welk and Headline News. I liked Ninja Turtles and pizza. However, there was one thing that we both had a passion for, video games. Papa and I would stay up late into the night trying to beat each other's high scores or reach the next level trading back the controller when the other failed. With games like Blonde Justice, Endlessly, and Supermodels Gone Wild, I learned a lot about my grandpa. <laughs> Things took a dark turn here. I, le I learned a lot about why my grandpa had a 3DO. <laughs> And I learned a bit more as other things as well. He's gone now, but I'll always treasure those memories. I bet you will. And memories. Do you guys have any fond memories of playing games with your grandparents? I'm going to, man, I just, I didn't know I was getting goddamn taken for a ride right there. <laughs> I, hold I'm processing that. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, uh, my, while my parents were, were knee-deep in video games, uh, both of them were, were pretty avid uh, players, um, my, my grandparents just didn't. Um, it wasn't, um, obviously, you know, they didn't grow up with it. Um, they, they were probably old, but the they were kind of, they were old by the time the 80s rolled around and, uh, you know, 70s, 80s. Uh, I, I know my father had um, an Atari you know, in, in, in the house when he was, was still living there with them um, in, in his teens. But I, I don't think they ever got into it. Never saw them play anything. My, my grandmother every now and then would, would kind of watch, you know, sit there and watch. Um, she would ask, is, that, is this the game with that jumping man in it? Which, you know, Mario, obviously. Um, and, you know, I was usually like, no, this isn't. This isn't that game with that jumping man. This is this is a basketball game, or this is this is a, a, a flying game or racing game. That, that jumping man ain't in it. Uh, but no, they they really just no knowledge of it. Uh, just look at the screen to humor me every now and then. Um, that's about that's that's it. And after listening to that, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't take an interest in game. Maybe it's it's maybe my grandfather is better off not knowing what was out there in the in the video game world yeah my grandparents were were not uh into games at all my grandparents were barely into tv at all so we didn't uh we did not play any yeah. games with my grandparents and lots of card games they're very card games people board games that's more my my grandparents uh, my dad would play video games with me um but even then that was when i was you know uh very simple he we had an television he played those games with me but by the time even nintendo rolled around he's like well this is past me and that was the end of that except for the the rare strategy game he liked a turn-based strategy game so we did play like desert commander and a few other things but other than that um it was mostly uh mostly early early games with my dad but yeah my grandparents never and <laughs> that wouldn't even been like I, I showed them games at some point and they were like that is a waste of everyone's time so no i, I unfortunately do not have fond or not so fond memories of playing with my grandparents <laughs> Uh, yeah, my, my grandparents were, were fairly old and, and they didn't have much to do with, with any electronics. So my dad was really the only person that, that ever played games with me and no one else in the family did. But uh, the only time I ever got my grand, grandpa to play a game was we gave him that, that Wiimote when uh, mm -hmm. the Wii came around. He likes to play golf, uh, liked to play, to play golf, and <laughs> ended in that and 
It's like, here you go, just swing it like a golf club. And and uh, he did, and the ball, you know, went flying and stuff like that. And he just looks at us and he's like, why don't we just go play real golf? And we're like, well, you, you got a point there. But <laughs> and that was the last time he ever played a video game. He just kind of gave, gave it back and was completely unimpressed with what had happened there. So... No, my, my grandparents were, were not into that stuff at all. They weren't against it or anything like that. They were never that kind of, uh, those family members that were like, you know, this is the devil. I don't want to see any video games around here and blah, blah, blah. They they put up with it, and and I guess that's the most I could ask for back, back when I was a kid. But yeah, thanks, uh, Luis Guzman, for writing in. Uh, it's uh, good to know you had that experience with your grandpa. Um, I I hate to ask if it was as awkward as it sounds, but, you know, it's, it's good you've got good memories from that. Mm-hmm. Next question comes in from Hogballs, and he's writing in about... <laughs> yes! <laughs> he's writing in about memories. Not memories, <laughs> memories. Hey, guys, hope you're all doing well. I came across one of my, de- one of my old Super NES controllers, and there's a crack across the back. I laughed and remembered trying to snap it in half playing Donkey Kong Country in the later minecart levels. What are some games that brought you brought out the rage that that you thought I can't see? I, I got tears in my eyes from fog balls. <laughs> what are some games that brought brought out rage that you fought through till the very end? Donkey Kong Country and Rayman for the PlayStation One were mine. Thanks for all of your hard work. Thank you, Hogballs. <laughs> yes, Hogballs. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hogballs. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like retro games. Uh, the, one of the older ones I talked about, uh, how fucking down on my luck I was when I picked up Predator on the NES. <laughs> and, and after crying, after realizing that I'd spent my own actual money, on that game, I, I, I plunked down and, and made my way through it. And I just remember getting, because I was already unhappy with the whole deal. Yeah, I already felt like I was ripped off. And now I'm trying to make the most of it. Let's at least play through this thing. Uh, and that is a frustrating little game to work your way through. Uh, I, it may be uh, the first time that I started to really get fired up. Playing. Like I would get frustrated. But th- there was just so much involved with this one that I, I was seeing red at certain parts throughout this. Um, otherwise, I, I think the only thing that really, it gets me angry is just like poor controls. Uh, you know, um, Alone in the Dark on the 360. Um, before I came to terms with, with it, uh, I, I miserable playing that. Uh, the first Assassin's Creed, I thought just controlled like absolute shit. Um, I would get so angry playing that as I, I would try to climb only to, to jump or attack or just just do something far removed from what I wanted to do. Um, I, I think one of the only games to really get me heated due to difficulty was old Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. And Jeremy was there. I, I think we probably had, you know, group therapy sessions with each other as we worked our way through that one. Uh, that one got a lot out of me as far as anger goes. But yeah, as, as far as older games, Predator is really the only one that that extra sticks out to me. Um, it just, it's incredibly frustrating. 
uh, Total Recall. Something about Arnold and games on the NES got to me. Probably because I went in with, with high expectations. Total Recall also got to me. I remember having a near breakdown. Uh, there's a part where you're in a little apartment with, with Arnold's wife and a guy comes in with a never-ending machine gun. And to this day, I don't know quite how you get past it. I, I, I have before and I, I can't reproduce it. But I would just get so angry and I would spend my entire weekend with that rental uh, trying to get away from that part. So, yes. Um, thank you again, Hogballs. Uh, I... When I was younger, any game that I that didn't have a save or a password that you'd have to get really far in and I would lose on, I would get mm-hmm. so angry. So, so angry I'd blame my brother who wasn't even playing. It's like a single-player game. He had nothing to do with it. Now it's still like, this is your fault! I would get so mad. I broke many Nintendo controllers. Um, I'm not proud of that fact. Um, I just have. Not because I was so strong I broke them in half, but I would literally like... You know, rip the control out of the system and then slam it around the house. To like, I, I'm just, I'm an asshole. So, uh, as a kid, I got really frustrated. I'm trying to think of specific games. I know Zelda 2 was one that was always a problem where I'd, I'd get far enough where I would start getting to where the iron knuckles are everywhere in the dungeons and I would die a bunch. You have to go back to the beginning area, even if you could save that you were at that dungeon. Uh, very, very frustrating. Or you'd lose your level parts there. Um, yeah, I, I guess any game where you lose progress was really where I'd get angry. So mm. um, the 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 biggest, I guess the the angriest I've ever gotten at a game, and thankfully I was old enough to control myself, but I did literally just like turn the game off and then sit in the dark angrily, was uh, during EverQuest. So on EverQuest, every five levels or so, once you get to a certain point, you'd have levels that took forever to go through. Like the, for whatever reason, the game was was either designed this way, but I, I honestly think it wasn't intentionally designed this way, but, you know, level one through four would take you, let's say, an hour of grinding to get through each level, but then level five would take, like, five hours of grinding, and then level six would be an hour of grinding again. Like, it was just the way it was set up. These levels had, they, they were called hell levels. I mean, everyone referred to them as much, and the, the problem with EverQuest was if you died to a, a monster, not if you decided to PvP somebody, but if you just died to a monster, you would lose a chunk of your experience, which, you know, that, that's a, that's a lot when you're grinding for hours to go up levels and and in that game and you know back in those times unlike in like world of warcraft uh grinding in everquest was not fun if you didn't have a group you had to like kite giants around which means like you'd hit them and then run far enough away where they couldn't hit you back and then like if you had a spell cast a spell and keep doing that it was called kiting and you'd run them through the world uh, hopefully not into other people and it would take it would take you know 10 minutes to kill one monster and you get that little chunk of energy and you have to do that like 20 30 times you know if you get lucky to level and so when you died in everquest you would lose possibly days of of time that you spent leveling up your character and experience um and i remember one time yeah i was doing that i was like kiting giants around which was the only way to get levels really quick in my mind, even though it still took me, you know, days. And I, I screwed up. Like I literally like ran into a wall that I forgot was there and I watched the giant kill me. And I, and like, I went back to get, you know, to go to, to get back and try again. And I died almost immediately again. And I lost so much experience. I was like, I just lost a week of at that time, you know, I was playing four or five hours a day, like a week of actual game time where I was like, this is the worst thing. Like, I was so mad. I just, I turned off the power on the computer and I just sat in the dark. And I was like, I've wasted my entire life up to this point because that was the most frustrating thing that's ever occurred. I, I wish I was that angry. I, I've never actually had any any sort of like crazy moments where I've, I've, you know, broken something. But I think the angriest I was ever at any game 
or frustrated in general was, you know, we just got done talking about um, Hard Corpse on, on the bonus show. And that was like our second man challenge or whatever. But our first one, uh, <laughs> these kind of challenges we did was Super Meat Boy. And uh. I, was, I had just moved in with my girlfriend at the time. And I had the um, 360 hooked up in the living room. And my girlfriend was actually in the, uh, the bedroom watching TV or something. And uh, after we had finally finished that, and then, you know, weeks later, she would come out and she'd be like, are you, are you still playing that one game that makes you sound like a, a, a crazy French chef? And I was like, what are you even talking about? She was like, you were playing something, you know, for, for a while there, for a few weeks where like, you just be in here making like, <laughs> you know, sounds and, and flipping out about stuff. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. But uh, she says, even to this day, she still remembers me you know, just sitting in that room making the craziest sounds. But I, I believe it because that, that game, you know, a lot of people these days say, oh, Super Meat Boy ain't nothing. But Jesus Christ, I thought it was. Like, that was a, a pretty damn hard game. Yeah, thanks for running in hog balls. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Thank I, you, none of balls. us. Yeah, none of us can get mad when when a name like that exists. Next question comes in from Nuts of Plenty. Wow, and uh, it's <laughs> he's wanting he's asking about ROM hacks and oversaturation, mm. and it's a two parter. So prepare yourselves. Jeez. First, are any of you into playing any ROM hacks? Some of these are some some of these are some really neat reimaginings some of our favorite games, sometimes reskinned or even overhauled altogether into an entirely new game. Are you guys into these at all? And what are some good ones that you've played, if so? Second, how do you guys feel about the oversaturation of video game availability these days with things like PlayStation Plus, Game Pass, emulation being incredibly easy, etc.? Do you guys miss the magic at all of having only one system, maybe two, and being able to just play a handful of games a year or so? I find it hard to dedicate my time to games anymore as it's so easy to jump into hundreds of others if ones get too hard, too boring, etc. I sometimes even use up my allotted gaming time browsing the store or PlayStation Now so long that I don't even have time to play the chosen game. What are your thoughts? You guys continue to be my number one podcast. Thanks for the tons of laughs every episode. And just to let you know just how old this letter is, uh, he says, what is the Christmas patch this year? And what that mouth do, Jack in the Box tacos. I have not had Jack in the Box tacos, but that sounds like a recommendation. Uh, the reference to the Christmas patch is that, what, maybe two years ago? Our first year of the Patreon. Um, I secretly put together a semen grandpa patch and thought it would be a great idea to give that to all the uh -huh. patrons. And at least for one person, it did not go over well. And they wrote me a letter to let me know they were very unsatisfied with the idea of a semen grandpa patch. Um, also, I didn't realize how expensive patches are. To, to put out. So um, while I did mean to do something last year, we did not get to. We will do something this year. I'm not sure what it will be. I also am yeah. due to get new stickers and stuff. So we will have more more stuff we'll be mailing out to our patrons uh, at some point. Um, but but I, I yeah, don't think we're going to revisit the patch in the same way. What I'd love to do, though, if I could spend the money on it is get out like, like when we talked about those Activision patches, I would love to make, like even if it costs way too much money, which is the only reason I haven't done it yet, to make like a similar patch for Retrovaniacs mm -hmm. that would be you know, bright colored and look like those Activision patches, that would be awesome. But we, we don't know yet if we're going to do another patch or not, but we'll be doing something, stickers or something this year. Yeah. Uh, if you're I, a patron, you'll get them. I, I just can't wait. I, I can't wait until uh, 
you our 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 you know patrons are able and they're in their stockings for Christmas to to reach in and and pull out that that hog balls patch. That's a- <laughs> this Christmas. That may be that may be it. They'll lose even more patrons, but uh, I don't but know uh, on that, that. that. There, there was a matter of a, <laughs> there was a matter of a question to get to. And, oh, that's and, true. And uh, man, uh, uh, the combo of hog balls and nuts of plenty has, has thrown me off. It's it's thrown me for a, a pure loop. Um, I, I'm sure they're friends. I don't know. They they should be, but rom hacks, I. There, there was a time where I was really into them. Um, I mean, it, I was, I was doing a lot more kind of, kind of PC gaming at the time. So I was on there and just, you know, kind of scrolling around and you'd find one every now and then. And, and it looked interesting and it would just be like, you know, assets from the game, but just new levels, things like that. Uh, there, the first one, I think that really got me was that double dragon one. Uh, it was a Bobo's big adventure. And it was just a, a tremendous game uh, that starred that character, uh, the big muscled up guy, and and it was it's, it's it was a whole ass game, and it was pretty damn cool with that. Um, otherwise, I, I I'm not good with names, but you know there's there's Zelda ones in the style of the the first Zelda um, that are just completely new adventures. Um, there was uh, that Mega Man versus Street Fighter or. Mega Man something with, with Street Fighter involved. Um, the Street Fighter characters would would take the place of the uh, the robot uh, bosses. And there's there's just so many. Um, I I toyed with one uh, for uh, based on you know, Ocarina of Time. Of course, anyone who who is fucked around with Nintendo sixty four emulation knows. Um, that's 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 a task it is a task but it was cool some of the things they were doing um with ocarina time the last time i looked uh considering that was was 10 plus years ago i'm sure they've done much more advanced things since then but no, those kind of had a time and place and uh, there's still something where if i get like a recommended video on youtube and it's it's from i'll sit there and look at it but there, there hadn't been anything i really have 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 dug into Yeah, I, for ROM hacks, I don't have a lot of experience with them. I know there's there's plenty of them, and and I know this isn't a ROM hack, but like I've had people recommend that I try the uh, Metroid Two remake that someone is mm. kind of doing that looks like uh, Metroid Zero Mission, but it's a, a full remake of Metroid Two that apparently is uh, in some circles seen as way better than the actual Samus Returns remake of Metroid Two, which I did like. So I I can't say if it is or not. I have not tried it though. It's something I definitely would like to check out, but I, I have not. I. I I feel like that's a glaring omission in my my gaming uh, history mm. is not playing a lot of these ROM hacks and stuff because it seems like it's the kind of thing I'd be be right up my alley. I like eight bit games. I like things that look like eight bit games that are new. I mean, I, there, there's no reason I haven't put more time into what I haven't. Um, the second half of your question on uh, do I? It, I don't know if I took it to mean do you get overwhelmed with the amount of games that are available, right? So I I just got that Xbox Series S and there's all, I I got Game Pass. So there's plenty of games on Game Pass. I I could never buy a game again this year and I'd never run out of things to play. Would there be every game I want to play? No, but there's plenty of things to play if I wanted to try every game on there. Um, I I do get overwhelmed. You know, we've we've made ourselves some some magical uh, 
Raspberry Pi devices that have, you know, uh, loads and loads of things on there. And that is very overwhelming. Uh, I, I liked for a while, I would just load that up and hit random and see what comes up. But more often than not, that didn't end well. Um, what I have found for retro gaming, and I, I, I feel like I bring this up often enough, people must think that I'm paid by them, but I'm not. Um, but that's one of the things I really like about the the Evercade carts. Yes, you know, yes, you can get a lot more and, and a lot uh, wider variety with emulation kind of done in a much easier fashion. But for example, if I get, I, I just bought the Commodore 64 collection, uh, the, the first one on the, on the Evercade, and there's 14 games there. And I, I was only excited about one of them, but I've tried all of them because there's only 14 games there. And I, there's two or three games in there that I never would have played. And I like that I'm focused on a small number of games. So yes, I do get overwhelmed by the amount of things that are out there. Um, I don't want to say it's magical to only have one game to focus on. I think, uh, you know, that's easy to romanticize something where you're stuck playing Amagon for six months. But uh, I do like having Jeez. a smaller focus of things to look at. So having a cart that has 12 games that I may not have played nine of uh, means I will try all of those. But getting a, a, a Raspberry Pi out where I haven't tried 900 of those games, it, it's very overwhelming for me to, to actually spend time with each game. So so I do understand, I think, what your question was. That that would be my answer is that, yes, I do get overwhelmed, but I, I like having a, a more limited selection of retro games. Even the Switch online library you mentioned for Game Boy and, and Game Boy Advanced, I, I already logged in and tried. There's some Game Boy Advance game that was on the collection that's like, you move a spinning stick through a maze. I never would have played that, but I tried it now because it's one of six games on there, and it's the only one I hadn't played before. So I like having a smaller selection sometimes, um, but at the same time, I'm glad I o I don't only have a small selection to deal with. Yeah, we we actually talked a good deal on that that Evercade episode. I think about having too many games to play in in a lot of these uh, the consoles, and it it is an issue for me. Like it it's something where I just do endless scrolling at at some point and, and not play anything. And I don't know if it's an old person problem, like if kids don't have that issue or what, but like. To me, like it's the same thing as like Netflix or, or Hulu or whatever. Like if you put tons of things that I can scroll through, I'll just keep scrolling. Like I, I at some point I'm just not even looking at anything. I'm just scrolling. And and that's definitely an issue. So having a smaller selection helps me pay attention at least, because I, I think we are spoiled with the sheer amount of things that we can play these days. If you would have told me back when I was like ten that you you can buy a console and a, a good chunk of the game's most popular stuff is just there for you to play. You don't have to buy anything besides like, you know, a, a subscription pass. Like I would have just fell over and died right then. There's, there's <laughs> no way that would have even uh, registered to my brain back then. So it's, it's something that's, that's still newish to me. Like it's something that I still just can't wrap my head around as far as like having that much stuff to access at any given time. Uh, as far as like ROM hacks, I never really got into that besides trying to do it myself with my first computer. Like I was, you know, I got one of those um, tile editors or whatever back then that you could load up a game and it would load the tiles in. You can try to change it. You know, of course I tried to give Mario dip, dick and balls. But, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's uh, it, it takes more work than probably what you think it does. And I was not prepared to, to do anything beyond just, you know, having Mario run around with a pair of uh, dick and balls. So I, it is really cool what other people can do. So it, if you're into that stuff, there's, there's a whole lot out there for you to, for you to mess with. But yeah, thank nuts, thanks nuts a plenty for writing in. 
And uh, next question comes in from Poopy McFartbutts. And he wants to know about the fucking Wii. You want to know what fucking sucks to play with? That Wii controller, sideways, the wand. That's the question. You know, um, all around, I have to say, first off, I apologize to whoever wrote the first question in that was so thankful that we don't swear every three minutes because that, that, that's <laughs> that not question us. Did it. That's, that question that's, did it. That's a listener. Um, I honestly don't hate that, using the Wii controller sideways. That That's my uh, my response. I don't hate it. I, I I will say I don't I don't mind it either. Somehow it worked. Um, I, when you first hold on to that thing, it's like I don't fucking know. I don't know about this. But I, I think if it was a Nintendo, like a first party game, they you know, they kind of nailed it down. You know how it how it would work well. Um, even Smash played decent on it. Somehow, uh, I I think your other your other your third party games is, is where there's a little bit of an issue. Um, but no, I, I thought it was, it was decent enough, it, decent enough. It, I didn't think it was horribly offensive, but I can see it's, it's certainly awkward. What's the question? Uh, his question was that he hated the Wii remote sideways. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I hate the Wii. I hate the Wii remote. I hate mm. touching it. I hate waving it around. I hate that system. <laughs> I absolutely cannot Ooh. stand it. Um, there's some good games on there, but. Uh, if if I can't play it with the uh, the actual controller thing that they had, then uh, it it I just didn't enjoy playing that system. Besides the first few days of playing Wii Sports, um, the rest of my time with that system was just avoiding it for the most part. But yeah, me and Poopy McFartbutts are on the same wave here. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys can have your your Wii time over there. Mm. All right, and we're gonna do one more here. Oh boy. And no, please it's be a actually a normal name. name. Oh, thank God. Uh, just, uh, well, it's not normal, but it's, you know, not poopy McFart butts. This one comes in from the panda you need. And I have been needing a panda for a while. And uh, they write in and just say, just a quick one. I was wondering, what was the first video game you remember playing? Mine was Space Invaders for the Atari 2600. Hmm. This is uh, actually an easy one. I This is a very clear memory in my mind of going over uh to my my cousin's house i had a older cousin you know they they always had the cool shit uh it's where i first saw evil dead 2 uh just all kinds of movies that are they're still favorites of mine to these days uh and they in their in their living room my cousin several of his friends were were tuckered down around the tv and and the game being played on the atari uh, was 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 Jungle Hunt, and I watched them play that thing at length. Not the first game I played. The first game I just really remember sitting down and, and watching. I was amazed with it. Uh, when I, by the time I got on the Atari and actually played a game, uh, it was Pitfall was the game that was being played at the time. Uh, played through Pitfall that day. Um, you know, they 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 kind of lost interest and went off in the other another room and I just I just remained there and just kept playing through that and I I just enamored with it because we we had an Atari at home um but and I, I knew my folks played on it a little bit here and there uh but I I just didn't really have a grasp quite for what we had at that point uh that that started it because we got home and. I, I was playing Asteroids at home that same day. I got my own copy of Pitfall. 
Jungle Hunt, and it it, it kind of went. For me, it was it was Astro Smash for the Intellivision. We had a handful of Intellivision Ooh. games, but that's the one uh, one that is simple enough that I could have played it very simply at, at uh, two to three years old. Um, not very well, but enough that I could play it for a few minutes because it's not a hard game. I mean, even now, I think I talked about this uh, recently. Astro Smash is the kind of game that's fun to play, but it takes an hour to get difficult. Uh, but as a kid, that was awesome because I still was very bad at it and lasted a few minutes. Uh, so that, that that's definitely the game I remember playing the most was that game, uh, Astro Smash on Intellivision. The one I actually remember the, the first time that I actually have any sort of memories of playing a game was down in Kentucky. My uh, my family down there, they had actually just gotten like a, an Atari 2600. I think I was like maybe three or four. And I'm pretty sure I had played arcade games, you know, like Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. And the only reason I, I think this is because, you know, when I got there, the, you know, I was super excited that they had like Pac-Man or, or, you know, Donkey Kong or whatever, because I wanted to play those. I, I liked them, I think. And so, yeah, that was basically just me down there playing Atari 2600 for, for a mm. few days while we were down there on spring break. Um, that's, a, that's about all I can remember. Uh, I, I maybe, maybe going to like showbiz and, and playing some of those games like Dig Dug or the, or the bowling alley that was mm -hmm. over here. Uh, that would have probably been it, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a, a Nintendo until quite a while later and the, playing that damn Atari 2600 was, was what I remember. And the, those are my earliest mem video game memories, but yeah, that's going to do it for questions this week. We had a, a good run. Of, of questions from mm -hmm. some fairly shady people this week. So <laughs> thanks everybody for writing in. Um, if you want to, you know, throw some more questions at us, head over to retrovania.net, scroll all the way down. You'll see that cool ass contact form that you can fill out, press the send button and through the magic of the internet, we will have them here to read on this podcast. So again, thanks for, thanks for writing in. And while you're there, why not go ahead and check out our Patreon? We do three bonus episodes a month that you'll never find on this free feed. Uh, they're just, um, you know, straight game reviews. They're shorter episodes because they don't have, you know, what we've been playing or any questions at the end. It's just us talking about a game for 30 minutes or so. Um, and, and again, three episodes a month you can get for free by joining that Patreon. But either way, we will be back with another patron request in a couple weeks because we'll be taking a stab at the original Red Dead Revolver for the Xbox and PlayStation 2, as requested by one of you, our patrons, and we'll see you then.